Section seventy seven of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gabby Cowan. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Chapter seventy seven. A Midnight Visitor the evening was over at last and to doris it had been the happiest day perhaps of her life lord linleigh had sent to his cellars for some of his choicest wines wines that only saw daylight when the daughters of the house were married or its heirs christened wine that was like the nectar of the gods golden in hue fragrant of perfume and exhilarating as the water of life all traditions sink of he had ordered the dessert to be placed outside in the rose garden we will imitate the ancients he said we will drink our wine to the odor of sweet flowers so they sat and watched the golden sun set in the west it seemed to them it had never set in such glorious majesty before the sky was crimson and gold and purple the pale violet and pearly gleams shone out a soft veil seemed to shroud the western skies and then the sun had set lady doris had sat for some time watching the sun set in silence suddenly she said i shall never forget my last sunset your last sunset repeated early do you mean that you will never see it set again no i mean my last sunset at linleigh early if all those strange stories of heaven are true it must be a beautiful place and this fair sky with its gleaming colors is only the wrong side after all the faint light died in the west the flowers closed their tired eyes the lovely twilight reigned soft and fragrant the air grew almost faint with perfume from lily from rose from carnation then some bird evidently of erratic habits began a beautiful vesper hymn and they sat as though spellbound a night never to be forgotten said the earl doris that little bird is singing your wedding song if they could but have heard what the little bird was telling a warning and a requiem both in one doris arose and went to the tree in whose branches the bird was hidden she raised her face to see if she could see it in the thick green leaves as she stood there in the light of the dying day the earl said you will have a beautiful wife early they all looked at her as she stood there in a beautiful dress of shining white silk with a set of opals for ornaments her fair white arms and white neck were half shrouded in lace her golden hair was fastened negligently with a diamond arrow and hung in shining ripples over her shoulders 
the faint light showed her face fair and beautiful as a bright star you will have a beautiful wife he repeated thoughtfully as they all saw her then they saw her until memory reproduced no more pictures for them we have a fine moonlight night said early doris this time tomorrow evening we shall be leaning over the steamboat side watching the light in the water and the track of the huge wheels then you will be my wife lady linley rose and drew her shawl round her shapely shoulders we must not forget to-morrow in the happiness of to-night she said it will not do to have a pale bride i am going in but first she went up to the tree where doris was standing it is rather a hopeless task doris to look for a bird in the growing darkness she said and my darling i have to wish you good-night doris turned to her and bending her graceful head laid it on her mother's shoulder it is not only good-night but good-bye she said i shall hardly see you to-morrow she clasped her warm soft arms round the countess's neck good-bye dearest lady linley she said you have been very good to me you have made home very happy for me you have been like the dearest mother to me good-night may heaven bless you such unusual such solemn words for her to use the two fair faces touched each other there was a warm close embrace then lady linley went away when did she forget that parting or the last look on that face i am jealous said lord linley parting the branches and looking at his daughter i wanted the kindest good-night what has my daughter to say to me it is my farewell also to-morrow you will be lady murray i shall be forgotten her heart was strangely touched and softened not forgotten by me papa she said next to early i shall always love you better than any one in the world next to early well i must be content that is enough good-night my dear and only child may heaven send you a happy life he too took away with him the memory of the sweet face and tender eyes a memory never to die he nodded too early i must be lenient he said and give you young lovers ten minutes longer i shall be in the library early come and smoke a cigar with me i have something to say to you mattie had gone to her room doris had promised to meet her there the little bird startled by the voices perhaps had ceased to sing and the lovers stood under the spreading tree alone ten minutes out here with you my darling said early it is like two years in paradise how kind they are to us doris how happy we shall be but he had not many words he laid a golden head on his breast where he could see and kiss the fair face he held the white hands in his he could only say over and over again 
how happy they should be tomorrow his wife tomorrow surely the moon had never shone upon a fairer picture or a lighter heart the ten minutes were soon over good-bye to the moonlight said early to the tired flowers and shining stars and the fair sleeping world he parted with her at the foot of the broad staircase she was going to her room good-night said early kissing the red lips good-night and sweet dreams but when he had gone about two steps away she called him back again she raised her arms and clasped them around his neck she raised her face that he might kiss it again my darling early my love early my lover my husband she said with a passion of love in her face good night he was half startled he watched her as she went up the broad staircase the white shining silk the gleaming opals the golden hair the fair sweet face watched her until she was out of sight then despite his happiness he turned away with a sigh she will be my own to-morrow and i shall not need to feel anxious over her he said to himself and then he went in to smoke his cigar with the earl doris called in mattie's room and said good-night have you any nice book lying about here mattie she asked i know quite well that i shall not sleep i do not feel the least tired she chose one of the volumes mattie brought to her i should like to read that story papa was telling us of she said but it is in the library and he's smoking there with early i would not read it a gloomy melancholic story like that is not fit for your wedding eve doris stood with the waxen taper in her hand even she said if a girl has not been quite good even if she has been what good people call wicked it would be cruel to kill her on her wedding eve would it not what a strange idea doris and how strange you look put that book away and go to sleep so that early may see bright eyes to-morrow they parted and doris passed into her own room according to her usual custom she locked the door and took out the key the first room was her sleeping room she did not wait there it was empty she had told eugene her maid not to wait for her on that evening as she might be late then came the bath and dressing-room they also were empty although both were brilliantly lighted she reached the boudoir fitted for her with such taste and luxury the lamps were lighted and there on the chair where mattie and she had so carefully placed it lay the beautiful wedding costume there could be no mistaking it the veil was thrown over the dress and the wreath of orange blossoms lay on the veil she looked at them for some minutes in silence thinking of the miriam who was burned on the night of her wedding day then she opened the book and began to read how useless it was the letters swam before her eyes 
it was her wedding day tomorrow after tomorrow all her cares and troubles would be over after tomorrow all would be peace she lay down upon the little couch with a long low sigh it was wonderful how tired and weird she felt she had suffered such a fever such a torture of suspense that the reaction of feeling that she was in perfect safety at last was too much for her there came a fever of unrest upon her her heart beat with terrible rapidity her hands were like fire her eyes and lips seemed to burn as though they had been touched by flame she had not known until now how much she had suffered then she pictured lord vivianne coming on the twentieth and finding her married married and gone far out of his reach how he would rage it would serve him right he might tell his story then who would believe him they would all think it the bitter exaggeration of a disappointed man then the room seemed to grow warm the perfume of the flowers overpowering i wish she thought that i had not let eugene go i feel nervous and lonely to-night she half debated within herself whether she should go back to mattie or not the sense of being thought cowardly deterred her there lay the moonlight so calm so still so bright streaming through the open window i will go down into the grounds she said to herself a walk there will refresh me and i shall be able to rest she took out her watch and looked at it it was nearly midnight there will be a pale bride to-morrow she said if i am not to sleep all night she unfastened the door that divided the room from the spiral staircase leading to the grounds the staircase itself was almost hidden by dense green foliage and flowers because it was so nearly hidden no one thought it dangerous no stranger would have observed it she went down to the grounds it was so cool so bright still and beautiful the dew was shining on the grass the moon and stars were shining in the sky there was a rich odor of rare flowers the night wind seemed to cool her heated brain her lips grew pale and cool the burning heat left her hands it refreshed her i will walk here for half an hour she said then i shall be sleepy enough it struck her that she would go round to the library window where early was with her father she hoped they would not see her but if they did she should tell them she could not rest then she remembered that the earl had cautioned her never to use the spiral staircase at night lest it should be dangerous she walked around to the side of the house ah there was a light from the library window they were still there then her heart almost stood still she saw the figure of a man advancing across the carriage drive toward the great hall door at midnight who could it be the moon shone full upon him and as he drew nearer she saw the face of her mortal enemy her hated foe lord vivianne 
End of chapter 77. Recorded by Gabby Cowan.